Derek, it is great to chat with you as uh, the hockey season officially, I, I think we're in full swing. I know the NHL is just get going, but every other league has been so busy, including the JPHL. And I guess let's just start with how did you get involved with the JPHL and what drew you to the position of director of player safety? Yeah, thanks, Dean. I uh, basically retired from dropping pucks uh, about five years ago was my last game in the uh, in the Western Hockey League. Um, my oldest son got into officiating uh, last year and uh, the phone call came from the referee in chief of the JPHL just looking for some support on uh, some reviews and uh, in the Department of Discipline. So talked with my family then of course they sacrificed a lot while I was away as an official so they were great in uh, in me coming on board and hopefully uh, having some knowledge to share uh, where I could uh, help out the the players teams and the officials all alike so uh, dove right in and and here we are so let's get just for people that are maybe are unfamiliar what is your role as a director of player safety yeah, so for the director of player safety, um, one of my primary responsibilities is, of course, to uh, to review any uh, major penalties that have been assessed, uh, review game tape, uh, levy any suspensions that are required from a disciplinary standpoint, um, but more so probably educate the, the players, the officials, the, the teams on what we're looking for to keep the game safe, enjoyable, and uh, just really um, a, a place where everyone can have fun uh, without the feeling any danger, any harm, and uh, certainly being being safe within that uh, type of, of facility. So um, with me, whenever I, I do see a major penalty, I uh, use a lot of video review, I talk to the, uh, the teams, I talk to the officials, and in a lot of cases, there's a learning responsibility that uh, that we can take out of those situations, uh, whether it be a, a call that could have had a different sight line, whether it be a, a, a different tactic that a player could have taken, or whether there's a coachable moment, uh, perhaps for the entire team, on something that may cause injury down the road, but can be prevented in the future. So it's uh, a little bit of a, a person of all hats when it comes to mm -hmm. this position. I think uh, communication and education are, are two of the best things uh, for an official and a player or, or a coach. I mean, when you can have a civil conversation about something, you walk away, I think, with a more appreciation and, and more knowledge and information. And, you know, I, I saw, and I, and I think the, the referees in the JPHL do a great job. And an example I saw in BC last weekend, after the period, uh, player and uh, the referees got together. They both had their communication and they fist bumped when they went away. And I thought that is awesome. I, I, I absolutely love to see that these two people had a communication. There was no yelling and screaming. One side presented their case. The other side presented their case and they walked away civilly. That's the way it should always be. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And as the higher levels go, maybe it escalates. But I just thought that type of education and explanation and communication was massive. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we know that everyone has a role to play in the game and we know it's an emotional game. Everyone's out there to win. Everyone's out there com to compete. And ultimately we want the, the kids to compete hard, but we want them to play within the rules as well. And that also comes into play, uh, whether you're communicating as an official with a coach or with a player uh, or vice versa. We all want to work within the spirit of cooperation and mutual respect, knowing that we play an important role in the game. And so if we come at it with that mindset, then and uh, obviously there's some great strides that we can make in understanding each other and educating each other uh, on both sides of the equation for sure.
I know there's some, uh, you know, different rule changes and, and things like that, or rules, pardon me, and things like that within the league uh, on the ice. When it comes to Department of Player Safety, are there some differences that you've noticed in the JPHL uh, as compared to some uh, some other hockey that you've done? Yeah, well, one of the big uh, differences is actually the way that body contact is approached and, uh, you know, the integration that they have between the HSL, JPHL and really emphasizing that body checking is a method in order to separate a player from a puck instead of finishing, punishing or intimidating an opponent has uh, has made great strides in uh, teaching kids on the, the proper techniques of body checking and integrating that slowly as they move up through the levels. Um, we love good physical hard games. Uh, you know, everyone enjoys that, uh, but it's got to be done right within the rules and safely. And that's the, the big emphasis that we've been able to take from a JPHL standpoint. Um, recently, there's been a lot of emphasis on head contact, on uh, blindside hits, and really um, taking unsuspecting opponents, uh, you know, with great care. You have to know that there's some uh, kids out there that uh, just are, are not necessarily where they're going to be hit. And as a hitter, you need to be aware of uh, the, the contact you're about to make. And hopefully if we can teach that mutual respect and know that there's going to be um, respect on both sides of the equation, then we can, again, make it a, a fun, safe and fair hockey game for everybody. You know, I think that uh, the the preseason, I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to be able to sit in on some of the, the discussions. And I really think, uh, I, I love the questions from, from the officials that are maybe new. And, and I just love how it was explained. You know, the, the interference rule, if the puck is not there and the hit is made, that is a penalty. And, and that, for me, in general in hockey, is just a pet peeve on my end, is that that guy just got hit, the puck wasn't there. And so I just love how it was explained. Explained. And again, it comes back to uh, communication. And I, and I think, you know, we all have a part to play in encouraging more officials to get involved in the game. I mean, you know, hockey player numbers are down and so are officials, whether that's scorekeepers or, or on ice or whatever. And, you know, I think we need to do a better job all of us of making sure that officials are, are, are welcomed at the game. You know, we know the, the pe- certain people, uh, they, they don't like the referees, but if you don't have referees, you don't have hockey. So how do we encourage more officials to get involved in the game? How do we make that happen more? I know this is uh, an age old question, I think. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and I think the statistic hasn't changed in a long time where uh, about half of the first year officials across the country end up leaving um, just based on the the pressure, the abuse and some of the feedback that they have from parents. And we just have to keep in mind that a lot of these new officials are are really teenagers. This is their first job, their first experience. Uh, They're dealing with adult authority figures and but they're, they're learning some great life skills on how to take charge, how to be a leader, how to know rules and obligations um, within the game. And once you catch the bug, um, it's tough to stop. I started when I was uh, 13 years old and didn't look back. It just becomes a passion. Um, for It's not for everybody. Some people don't, uh, you know, really gel or, or, or find that it's uh, 
a great little niche for them. But at the end of the day, if, uh, if it's something that you can maybe make a little bit of pocket change, you can learn to meet new people and develop some skills for the future, then I just encourage uh, a lot of the youngsters to give it a try. It, uh, it's a really exhilarating experience and it could take you to some new heights that you never imagined for sure. I totally agree. I loved it uh, when I was a youngster. I have buddies who are getting back into it because they want to get the exercise. Their kids are a little bit older now, so they have time. And my advice for a coach or a parent is never say anything to an official that you would never say to your own child. And and I think, honestly, we have to think of it that way because sometimes you just, you know, blurt something out and not even thinking that referee's mother or father could be sitting in the in the crowd beside you. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I remember refing a Bantam AA game when I was coming up and I call it a helicopter mother, but she came to a bunch of my games to watch me officiate. And when the parents were going at it uh, during one night in a a Bantam AA game, she had her purse ready to swing saying, that's my boy out there. So it, uh, it becomes funny because, you know, there's, there's a a parent behind those kids and the the kids, you know, they, they go home at night and they hear the, all the comments and they, uh, they feel Mm -hmm. it too. That sometimes that's the, the beauty of reacting under pressure, but we all have to remember that we're, we're adults that we should be mature people and approach the game with a huge amount of respect for sure. Is it a natural progression? Do you think even at higher levels for players to become referees, whether, you know, I did it as, as a youngster, I wanted to improve my skating and make a little bit of extra money, but now I'm starting to see guys that, you know, maybe play junior and then got into refing. Are you seeing that more or have you seen that more as the years have gone on? It's really interesting. So, you know, as you can appreciate over the course of 30 years, you see a lot of different methodologies when it comes to officiating and and moving up to elite levels and even hiring at the NHL level. Um, Right now, there's been a lot of emphasis placed over the last few years on hockey IQ, intelligence, and uh, most of all, fitness, skating, and ability. And so uh, you may have seen that the NHL has hired uh, a bunch of officials that uh, really have some uh, pretty credible playing resumes. And the, the methodology there is we can take your hockey IQ, your skating, and your ability and teach you the rest. We'll teach you rules, we'll teach you uh, officiating and um, really kind of mold you into that official. So you're seeing a lot of people play up to the highest level that they can possible. And then once that playing career started to, to come to the sunset, you know, making an immediate jump into officiating, and they've been having some success in being able to get the opportunity to do that. Conversely, you know, if, if you're starting out at the lower levels, there's a lot to be learned uh, at every game that you do. And so the more games that you can officiate um, is great. But uh, I guess my recommendation to a, a playing and uh, an officiating person is to play as long as you can and, and do both while you can. And then certainly if you want to switch to officiating full time after the end of your playing career, then uh, by all means, that opportunity will always be there for you. Yeah, young referees, a lot like young broadcasters. I say get behind the mic as much as you can, call as many games, and just like you said, you're going to learn no game is the same. You're going to learn something new every game and and have sort of that new experience and, and, you know, gain that experience to move up. Uh, You mentioned uh, you started when you were 13. That's kind of when I started, and obviously you made a career out of it. Was it... Something that you just said, hey, I want a little bit of extra money, and then it grew into a passion? Or did you know right away you wanted to be a, a referee as part of your career? Yeah, it's funny. I got a letter as uh, I was playing Bantam AAA, I think, at the time. And I, I got a letter saying, hey, we're looking for officials. And it just you know, dawned on me that it'd be something really great to, to try. 
And I got the bug. I just kept uh, going and, and refing as many games as I could. And then ultimately, I, I got a knee injury on one of those crazy fouls that didn't get penalized or disciplined <laughs> uh, and, you know, broke my or busted up my ACL and my MCL. And that really gave me some pause to think of where I want to go with uh, both my playing and uh, officiating career. And I was just having too much darn fun officiating. So I kept uh, kept at it, kept progressing. And uh, yeah, no, it's turned into a wild ride that's for sure and, and i love how you said uh for guys to referee and officiate while they're playing we're seeing that there's some jphl players that are also getting some experience in in the refereeing that can help you as a player as well because now you start looking at the game a little bit different it's like a defensive back or a receiver that plays both sides because you're seeing it from a different way. So that's a benefit for them in their hockey career and also for them understanding the game and how officials think as well. So I think that's also uh, some another benefit, whether you want to pursue hockey or officiating. It's funny how some of the hard-nosed, really grindy players make great officials. <laughs> they, they just ride the line of the rules and they, they know the techniques to, to really become a physical presence out there. And it's funny how many of the, the people that, um, you know, I had to try and police out in the ice and they were just the bane of my existence, you know, really became very successful in officiating and some have ascended all the way to the NHL. And so it's, it's funny how that certain personality um, turns into, uh, into the good cop, so to speak. Uh, you worked uh, a long time in the Western Hockey League. Do you have a favorite arena or a few favorite arenas? Oh boy. Um, yeah, I spent 21 years uh, officiating in the Western Hockey League and it seems like it uh, it was a lifetime ago, but boy, every barn had a very unique personality, but the, the ones that really stood out were those rivalry games on the Saturday night. So whether you were doing, you know, Seattle in Portland or uh, Regina in the Crush Can in Moose Jaw or Kelowna Kamloops, um, boy, oh boy, the, the arenas sure came to life at any of those junctures. So I truly enjoyed, you know, my experience in the Western League and every barn had its its very unique uh, nuances. You'd go into Medicine Hat and an hour and a half before the game, all the fans are lined up outside just waiting to get in. Um, you know, so I, I have a special memory of each and every place that we were in. Uh, I'll have to call them all my favorites in true impartial fashion. So that is that is uh, the perfect referee answer for sure. And I, I can attest to the uh, Regina Moose Jaw. I spent 10 months at Global Regina and going out to that crush cam before the new arena. It was it was on my bucket list. I wanted to do it because I had heard so much of it. And you're right. That atmosphere is, is awesome. Uh, you received the WHL Milestone Award as well. Uh, what is uh, some career highlights that you have from when you were on the ice? Oh boy, I kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, it's funny how you start out making some pocket change and you have no idea the heights that uh, officiating can take you. So, um, you know, for, for me, uh, I, I've done, you know, numerous WHL finals. I've done uh, three university championships, but uh, the, the international assignments really stick out for me. And I've been able to travel the world essentially on refereeing's dime. So, um, you know, I've been to Switzerland and Sweden and Finland and Russia and Kazakhstan of all places, um, all to officiate in international hockey tournaments. Um, so for me, meeting people across the world, um, people that have like-minded passions with officiating and being able to, to get to do some high-level tournaments uh, in the World Championships and World Juniors uh, all really stood out. Probably my career highlight game was uh, at home in 2012 
Um, Canada lost out in the World Juniors, so they didn't make the gold medal. And I was very fortunate enough to, to get the nod. So we had Sweden versus Russia in a sold-out saddle dome. And Mika Zabinajad from Sweden potted it in overtime to, to win the uh, chip. So being part of that game... Uh, really brings back some special memories for sure. Yeah, no kidding. That was uh, that was a, a wild game for sure. Um, okay, so let's wrap up. We talked about some advice uh, for some players that maybe want to make the transition. What about new referees or somebody that is looking to get into it um, other than getting to a clinic and, and so those sort of things? What sort of advice would you have for somebody brand new or wanting to become a referee? Don't be afraid to, to start. Um, you know, a lot of times, even if you're younger, um, it, it don't feel intimidated because officiating will give you a ton of life skills uh, as you kind of grow up. And even if you're an older person, getting into it for exercise and for being part of the game or staying part of the game, um, don't be intimidated like you have to know all the rules from day one. It really is a slow progression. And even in my final days, I was making plenty of mistakes. It's a, a lifelong learning process and uh, it's super enjoyable, but you don't know until you try. I think it was Gretzky that said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So, um, you know, get into it, give it a try and see if it's uh, something that's up your alley. And, you know, like me, you just don't know if that's the bug that you're going to catch. And in my case, it certainly was. And I couldn't let go of it for many, many years. Well, uh, we're glad to have you involved with the uh, Junior Prospects Hockey League. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to shine the spotlight a little bit more on the officials as well in our league. Because, as I said, without them, we don't have hockey or timekeepers and volunteers. The list goes on and on. But, Derek, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And enjoy the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dean. My pleasure.